And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody! Welcome to another, the final episode for this era of Cinema Shot. I'm your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Ziggy, and joining me for the Planet Vampa, Planetoid Vampa, Tyler! Can I get some fresh water? I've been living on this deserted rock for at least 40 years, and I haven't had a decent thing to drink. Just pure spider-esque juice like leg juice that sweet sweet nectar um all right so uh holy shit okay sorry i literally just got through watching the movie and i'm kind of on an adrenaline rush right now so yeah that was pretty much me when i saw this movie for the first time so let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down this is directed by tatsuya nagamine with a screenplay by akira toriyama this was released December 14th, 28 in 2018, uh, with a box office of 4 billion yen in Japan. Um, uh, I think it later made, uh, I guess, oh, I guess an archive version. I guess when they re-released it, it made a total of 35 billion, with 1.20, 122.7 million dollar at the box, the U.S. box office. And here's our cast. I know we're uh, we're we're going in this it, this test, but we I want to talk about it. Uh, our titular character, Broly, uh, as played by Vic Mangana, Magana, Magnana, big bitch is what he is. Um, yeah. Goku is played by Sean Schemmel. Vegeta is played by Christopher Sabat. Frieza is played by Christopher Ayers. Paragus is played by Damian Clark. Is that the same guy from the first one? Yep, it's the okay. same one. That's and also perfect cell. Uh, Chi-Lai as Erica Lin- uh, uh, Lin- uh, Erica Limbeck as Chi-Lai. Bruce Carey as Limo. Monica Royale as Balma. Ian Sinclair as Weiss, Christopher Sabat as Piccolo, Jason Douglas as Beerus, Sonny Franks as Kikono, Veronica Taylor as Barry Blue. Uh, that's Ash Ketchum's voice actor, isn't it? Yes, it is. I um, knew I- It isn't the first time that she was in Dragon Ball either. She was also, um, oh, whatchamacallit, um... Uh, she was a character in the last arc of Dragon Ball Super. I forget her cool. name. Cool. Sunny Strait as Bardock. Uh, Anthony Bowling as Beats. Christopher Sabat as King Vegeta. Emily Nevis as Gene. Austin Tyndall as Leek. Jason Douglas as King Cold. Damian Mills as Morocco. Ray Hurt as Daigen. Justin Cook as Raditz, which was nice to see. Phil Parsons as Nappa. Marcus D. Stimic as Taro. Sunny Franks as Shito. Terry Doty as Neon, Barry Yandel as Majo Domo, Christopher Sabat as a non, almost a non-speaking role as, as Zarbon, Alex Tipton as Trunks, Carrie Edwards as Goten, uh, Bryn uh, April, uh, April as Bola, who doesn't really say anything, uh, and then I guess these are all non-speaking roles, so because they don't really say anything, but Chuck Huber as Emperor Pilaf, Colin Clickenbeard as Mai, Chris Kaysen is uh, Shu. Of course, Gogeta as voiced by Sean Chimel and Sabat, Shannon voiced by Sabat, and Ba, uh, ba who will find out who that is later, is Brina Palencia. So, home! Oh! Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, I remember when this movie was coming out. Super is well into its its life. and It's actually done by this point. It's done by uh, this point? The okay. anime, at least. Okay. Um, and I remember, you know, the turn of universal power, the, the, the ultra instinct, dun, dun, you know, I remember like, and I, again, I was still at the point of like, man, really another new form, kind of like from an outsider jaded perspective when you get burned by the first two seasons of Super, right? So then I hear about this movie and I'm like, they're going to do Broly again. I won't lie. I was intrigued because Broly, as we have shown is one of the more famous movie characters that has, like, along with Bardock, who are both in this movie. Uh, and then, like, the hype train just kicked off, and, like, I would see clips, and I thought, oh, that looks really nice. Oh, that looks really cool. Thank God nothing I ever saw, like, showed, like, like, showed, like, full things, because I would have been ruined. Um, but where were you when the Broly hype train began? Alright, so... Dragon Ball Super had just wrapped up its anime run. I just finished watching the Tournament of Power as it was airing on Crunchyroll. And that was a fun ride, even though I had problems with the arc and with Super as, as a whole. But, you know, it's still better than the alternative of 
catching up with GT when that was airing. Um, I saw the teaser for this in July of 2018 with Goku just warming up and flexing. That's what I remember too, and, yeah. And um, I thought I figured, wow, this animation looks really cool, really reminiscent of the last few episodes of Super, which looked amazing, by the way. Thanks to Toriotaro for making Dragon Ball Super, at least the last legs of it, look like old-school Dragon Ball Z, which you definitely see shades of in this movie. Oh, my God. And then I see the Broly moniker, and I'm like, wow, they're making Broly canon? Oh, this is probably going to be dumb. Uh, but even with that sort of jaded perspective, I went to go see this movie in the theater anyway oh, in January of 2019. And oh my god, this blew expectations. Like, this is one of the best Dragon Ball movies I've seen in a while. Like, Dude, I, it's, it's my favorite. It's probably on the level of Battle of Gods, for, in all honesty. Dude, having, like, now that I have, like, the comparative, I know we shouldn't be talking about this now, and maybe it's, like, dude, I don't think it's, I know it's not bullshit because people love this movie so much. Like, having seen all of them now, like, this is, like, the pinnacle right now of it. Like, it's, like, it was building to this point in terms of its animation, its characters, like, it's all, it's just, oh, I, I, I was like, oh my god, when you said seeing it in the theater, I could only imagine. Because, dude, I got goosebumps by watching this. I don't. I, we've watched all of them, and we've all had a good time for the most part. I've never said I've gotten goosebumps by watching a movie like this. Yeah, man. We're definitely going to be talking about that part of the movie, and we will explain why it's so good. So, let's go ahead and kind of break a brief summary. I, we won't be breaking down the fight, because... And I'll say this why. You need to see it, if you haven't seen it. Because Absolutely. it would be it would be a grave. There there are probably moments we'll talk about, but the f- you need to see it. You There's no way we can do that fight justice. No the only way that you can um, properly digest it is seeing it for yourself. Seeing it for yourself, but we can talk about the story. And the story actually surround and and what makes it better is that the story is actually good enough to make you care about the fight. That's what's amazing. So. Um, we, it kind of, basically this is a, not a retcon, because the Brawly movie was never canon. So this is sort of like, um, a, the, like, it, it really starts off, I made the joke to Tyler in our Discord, like, am I watching Man of Steel or am I watching, uh, <laughs> Super, uh, Super Brawly? Because, um, first instance we get, it, it's, it's basically a, a story of, of, of a destiny between four characters. Frieza not so much, but he's there tangentially because he caused all this mess. King, yep. Prince Vegeta... Goku, Broly, and of course Kakarot Goku himself. It's all—it's basically about their destinies tying from when when they're very young, um, and uh, early. Basically, at the beginning of the movie, King Cold shows up, which I'm glad. Nice to see King Cold after so long. Um, King Cold shows up, and yeah, um, this is a flashback to 41 years before the events of um, uh, the movie proper. Um, which is way before the destruction of Planet Vegeta and the Saiyans. Exactly. Uh, King Cold was their boss before Frieza. Vegeta's not even a thought in his dad's nutsack at this point. <laughs> um, so, Vegeta pretty much tells him, it's no longer the Cold Force, it's the Frieza Force. Um, we actually get to see the origin of Scouters and stuff like that. And pretty much it's like Frieza's in charge now. Um, Hello, monkeys! I'm your boss now! Literally just outright racist. Did you know your son's a racist? I Oh, I know. It's why he's in charge of you. <laughs> um, so, pretty much set in the law, and this is pretty much where we um, King Vegeta shortly finds out about Broly. And this kind of, like, like not just retcons, doesn't retcon Broly, but retcons my misconceptions the same, because from what I understood from the English subs is that every kid at a young age, was sent off to fight, um, to conquer a planet. But the way this movie, st- and I really liked it, I actually thought it was really cool because it kind of gives more depth to the Saiyans and they're just a warrior race, that there's different castes to their society, um, especially with uh, another character that goes to Paragus, I think that's Beats, um, that he's not a warrior, he's a scientist. Yeah. Um, uh, Broly has latent abilities, and like obviously he's not crying like super the like, cackle last time. But the fact that 
um, they can detect via the new scouters that, oh, this kid's dumb strong. <laughs> this So Vegeta is fearful of Broly because of... And also a little jealous. A little jealous, too, because like it's my son who should be in charge. But uh, like Ugh, my pride, like, my son's it's, pride. It's a little bit of my pride and you know fear of fear of what Freeze is going to do. So he pretty much sends Broly, and Broly's pretty much an infant at this point. Uh, sends Broly off to not to nowhere special. Sends him off to the planetoid Vampa, which is in the middle of nowhere. And Paragus is like begging for his son's life, and pretty much commandeers a a ship to uh, basically go and rescue his son, and along hijacks. Uh, takes along a, a Saiyan scientist by the name of Beats. Um, uh, and oh, this poor guy. Yeah, and it's been like uh, I don't know if it's implied years because Broly is Broly in it, um, but Broly's been there for um, a while. Yeah, Broly was there about a week before Paragus showed up, and they've been stranded on Vampa for forty-one years. Yeah, so something like that. Um, so it's pretty much like a. A fucking sci-fi adventure. It's really crazy how this film like jump starts with like this, and they're running away from giant spiders. There's this big fur monster which comes into play later in the movie that they're trying to avoid. Like, it's a lot of fun, and like holy shit, this is great. Like it, it's like what if Dragon Ball went the sci-fi route instead of like the mystical like you know route. You know, kind of like that. It had that same level of fun. Um, and then we find, we find eventually Paragus and Beats, uh, actually no, Paragus kills Beats, um, uh, you know, cause he only, you can never trust to say it, he actually tells him that, you can never trust to say it, there's this thing as a trustworthy say it, which comes back way later on at the end of the movie. Um, but Paragus finds Broly, and pretty much they begin their life together in secret, and hoping, and they, they send out a distress signal, hoping, one day, somebody will come and find them. Uh, so, no, like, they've just been hitting there this entire time. Um, and meanwhile, Goku, and then we get another flashback, though, to Bardock. Five years after, five years after, uh, uh, Frieza commandeers, uh, ownership of the Sands, um, this is when the destruction of Vegeta comes into play. Yeah. Um, Bardock kind of has, like, they don't give him, like, the psychic powers, like, that he does in the movie. But he pretty much just has, like, I have a funny... I, he has a Star Wars thing. I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, I think I mentioned this in the Bardock episode, where um, Toriyama pretty much changed Bardock's character uh, uh, when he was writing for Dragon Ball Minus. And it's pretty much more just the Superman origin story. Okay. Yeah, this is pretty much it. So, and we actually get to see Goku's mother, who you kind of see her in, in like... You see her, but this is the first time she has dialogue, and but yeah, this is Bar- the first time we see Gene animated, which is cool. Yeah, um, uh, but Bro- uh, Bardock is talking to one of his comrades, and like, you know, like the Frieza Force is kind of growing pretty large. You know, they could easily, you know, eliminate us. Nah, nah. Um, and then uh, G- uh, Bardock kind of detects that uh, that. Um, Kakarot, his son, has also latent abilities, but, like, they're not as powerful as, say, Prince Vegeta or Broly's, but, like, it's definitely noticeable. And that Frieza is becoming paranoid, maybe not outwardly, but becoming paranoid of the, um, Super Saiyan myth, the legend. So, out of nowhere, fucking Bardock just goes, we need to get him off planet, we need to get a pod, and in a real sentimental moment, Gita is Gila is like pleading with Bardock, like, do we have to do we have to abandon him? Whereas parents, like, I was, oh, sorry, that's my fault, that's my fault, that's my fault. Sorry, um, yeah, you're fine. Um, pleading with Bardock, and like, I this is like makes me want to like explore the Saiyan race more because I've always been told they're cold, calculate. Like, no, she clearly cares for his her son, like. They're not as heartless as I thought they were. Like you know, they're not like this. It, it's it was that little snippet. At least Gine isn't. Uh, in Dra- in Dragon Ball minus the the manga one shot that she premiered in, she's the only Sand that actually has like a pure heart out of all of these heartless assholes. And uh, it even makes Bardock open up a bit. Ah, uh, okay. So so clearly, clearly Goku gets it from his mother. Okay. Yep. Got it. That's actually pretty sweet. Um. So, 
And in a real sentimental moment, Goku, they place the pot in front of of, of um, Bardock and, and Gila. And, like, they say goodbye to their son. It's like, oh, man, are you going to, like, a whole new, it, it, it gives a whole new depth to that moment. And, it's, it, yes, it's very much, you know, Jor-El and Laura and his wife, um, you know, uh, I think it's Laura L, who are saying goodbye to Clark. It's very much that. But it's a good it's it's a it's a good emotional beat, you know? Yeah, it definitely sets the precedent for um the the intertwining destinies that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And then you cut to Vegeta along with Raditz, which is like to see like little little eight year old Raditz is hilarious. Um and like they're like how cold and calcul calculating they are, like, uh, he was just in his pod, whatever, I don't care. Um, and Vegeta d- complaining about, like, oh, now I'll never be King Vegeta. Uh, Christopher Sabat trying the best to do his, uh, young, like, make his voice seem a little younger. Um, but, uh, oh, God, okay. Um, and so then time pretty much fast-forwards to where we get a, like, the, and the animation already looked good, because it already looks like it was trying to replicate, like, old-school Dragon Ball. Like, there's something about the, the line work... That made it... It definitely looks different than Super... Or than Battle of Gods and Resurrection F instantly. This is the first thing you'll notice about this movie. Is how... Yeah, this art style is radically... Um, uh, fictionalized. To the degree where... It looks incredibly fluid in motion. Even oh. more than any other Dragon Ball property before it. Oh my god. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it's, it's... It's so good they use it again in One Piece's Wano arc a year later... Wow, that's awesome! Um, like, the, and Goku and Vegeta are sparring ab- above, uh, I guess, a resort island that the, br- that the briefs own, which is pretty great. And of course, Whis is there enjoying his fucking Earth treats because, goddamn it, he can't stay away. Um, of course, he can't stay away. And Beerus is Beerus gets a cameo because that's all it is. That's a cameo appearance. Whis has more to do in this movie than Beerus does. Um, yeah. Um, and he's like, God, uh, shut up before I get up there. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to fuck with the God of Destruction at this point. Um, nope. and, and so, um, it's pretty much like the you know, same old shit. And it actually brings up the fact that the tournament of power is over and that like Vegeta constantly calling Goku a dumbass, uh, which is not, and Goku points it out. Like how many times? It's very much talk- warranted. Yeah, exactly. You fucking idiot. Um, he nearly destroyed eight universes in the previous arc. Yeah, you know it's like, but if, but if we didn't, yeah, it's like Goku. I like I swear to God, Goku, I love you in this movie, but you're still the same old idiot. Um, yep. Uh, but it was cool they referenced the Tournament of Power. You see, like you like if you didn't know, it was just a kind of glance over, and it kind of makes you want to go check it out. But you don't need to have watched. That's what I was worried about. Do I do I need to watch Super? And no, you don't. You don't have to watch Super to enjoy this movie at all. All you um, need to know is they won against Jiren. That's pretty much it. Pretty much. Um, and that the people of Mexico gathered over to watch Goku and Frieza team up to beat Jiren. <laughs> um, that's how, hey, that's how big Dragon Ball is in Mexico. So, meanwhile, Trunks calls his mom, like, hey, mom, somebody broke into your house. And at first I thought he was covering up for the fact that he and Goten did something fucked up. And the fact that Emperor Pilaf and uh, Mai and them were there and she were there. I'm like, no, that can't be right. And it turns out it was Frieza Forces Coons who are spotting new green armor, which I do like the green touch. That's actually really nice. Um, yep. And, uh, and like, you know, basically, like, oh, Frieza's set in low-level powers, levels to, um, you know, to basically so we want to detect him. So now uh, Frieza has six of the seven Dragon Balls. For what purpose, Tyler, I don't, maybe they said it, he said it. And there's even a bit where they're trying to figure out, Frieza, what do you want? Immortality? Nah. Living forever be a pain in the ass, especially if you can't win. Um, like, and, and the joke is that he wants to be five centimeters taller. Um, yep. Wh- which is paired off with Bulma winning the Dragon Balls, how she wants to be five years younger because if she's ten years younger, people would accuse her of plastic surgery. And then if Frieza... I was... lost my shit at that moment when, oh. I, when I saw this in the theater because for years I've been saying, wow, Bulma's been lying about her age this entire time. And as a joke, I said, maybe she's using the Dragon Balls to make herself younger. And this movie actually confirms that. It was hilarious. 
Um, Goku accuses her of doing that and gets knocked to the back of the of their van of their shuttle, and he's still laughing, still laughing like crazy. Um, forgive me. What was Frieza's actual fucking plan with the Dragon Balls? I don't remember that. Uh, he wants to make him himself look uh, five uh, centimeters taller. That's because it. Because any more, it would be too noticeable. It's and he like... can't go back to his second form, which is way taller, because A, it's weaker, and B, he can't go golden in that form. <laughs> um, exactly. So, that's it! That's I kept waiting for, like, okay, what else? No, that's it! That's it. He's that is probably something that we do need to explain for the context of this movie. Why Frieza is back since, you know, he fucking died at the end of Resurrection F. Yeah. They brought him back at the end of Tournament of Power because he helped save the universe. Yeah. God. God damn it, Goku. Um. <laughs> um. So. So, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, uh, we then introduced to uh, our other new main character, uh, not main character, but definitely big main supporting character in uh, Chilai, along with, I believe it's Limo, who's with her partner. Yeah, Limo. They hear about the distress, they hear the distress signal all the way out in uh, planet, uh, the planetoid, Vampa. And that's pretty much where they run into into Broly and, uh, and Paragus for the first time. Um, and through that, just kind of jumping over some things, they uh, that information is, is is brought. They bring Frieza to to him, and Frieza pretty much sees like like the, like can sense because he can sense energy now, right? That's his thing. Um, or did he not learn how to um, do? It? He, he still hasn't learned how to detect power levels without a scouter. Okay, uh, but he can sense something about Broly is like is like you know powerful. Um, in fact, Broly is, uh, uh, almost goes apeshit for a little bit. Um, and, Par- and of course, Paragus kind of breaks down that, like, you know, if he gets out of control, um, he can use this shot collar. Very similar to the shot collar that was there. Um, and here... Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very similar to, uh, the mind-controlling device in the original Broly film. Exactly. So, from here... Broly is pretty much, and his father, as a result, are inducted into the Frieza Force. Um, and uh, there's a bit where uh, this weird, this weird dude is hitting on on um, Gila, uh, as I forget her name, Chilai, Chilai, Chilai. Sorry, and Broly, in all of his good of heart of hearts, um, steps up for it, but unfortunately, almost loses his shit in the process until Paragus. Uses the uh, electro electro shot therapy to control his son, and basically says, "I did this for your protection." And we get a very nice character moment for Broly, in which um, Chilai. This and... is the moment that solidified Broly for me in this movie. Yeah, um, they bring him to the back and they give him like I guess like I, well, food rations because uh, I don't think it's chocolate, but it's food rations. And Broly is going to town, and. Broly is having a hard time eating out of this uh, tumbler, a drink out of this tumbler, and so uh, Limo opens it, and it's just water, and very nicely animated water, but water, and he goes, what is this? It's water. You've never had water before? And like, no, that planet does not have water. So like, basically, she like, kind of like, puts it all together, like, Broly's been put in all this sent-off world, trained by his dad on that harsh planet. All against his will, never ask for what he wants. And there's a moment where Chi Lai beforehand tries to take away, you know, if you see Broly, you'll recognize it. He has a pelt around him. And he's like, oh, that's kind of weird. And Chi Lai tries to remove it, and he gets pissed. So, as sort of like, this is how you know you're close when somebody accepts you into their circle. He lets his guard down, and Broly tells the story of Ba. And Ba was one of those, like, big green monsters that they ran into at the beginning of the movie. And pretty much, like, trained with it initially, but grew to be friends with it. And, like, very similar to, like, go, like a Gohan and Icarus situation, um, is what I yeah. thought of. Um, until uh, Paragus said, enough of that sentimental bullshit, shot off um, uh, Ba's ear and pretty much Ba, like, uh, it's an animal, so it associates Broly with pain now. So it didn't want anything to do with Broly. So 
in like a moment that almost made me teary-eyed, he wears the pelt to remind him of the half memories that he and Bot had. I'm like, wow. In one scene, they gave Broly more depth than ever before. Yeah, Broly is a much more interesting character than he was in his original uh, three movies because they actually took the time to like develop a personality for him, whereas he was pretty much just an out-of-control rage monster due to his monstrous power. But here, he still has it, but he's pretty much just an out-of-the-woods caveman that's coming back into touch with the, the rest of the world. And I really do appreciate that change. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It, and it gives the fight towards the, 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 the last 30 to 40 minutes that much more weight. Um, and just how almost... Cho- like, he really reminds me of, like, of a, like, almost like of a quiet Goku. You know? Like, he doesn't want to really hurt anybody. He just wants to live his life. But because, but because of his father, you know, forcing him to be who he is and forcing him to train... You know, obviously, never asking what his son wants. It's 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 really it's really it's fantastic. So they're pretty much on a on a collision course to Earth, and um, of course, I actually thought this they go to outer space to fight. I had no idea this was all on Earth uh, based on the clips because I just saw ice and I saw molten rock. Like, oh, okay, they must be on some alien planet. Like, no, they're doing this on Earth. I'm like, damn, <laughs> how is this Earth not fucked from climate change at this point? Um. And so, this Earth is strong. It's been blown up twice already. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, um, they all uh, Frieza uh, lands. Goku and Vegeta land. I think Goku and Vegeta get there first, um, and pretty much it becomes like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Um, and then it begins. Um, like uh, just to kind of top it off, Goku Vegeta fights Broly. Um, and this is where we... It's a really nice callback, because Broly goes for Vegeta first. Yeah. And you would think, with uh, your knowledge with uh, Broly's character in the previous movies, it would be against Goku? No! Goku has nothing to do with Broly at this point, and uh, Paragus' vendetta against Vegeta is clearly stated, so it makes sense that they go for Vegeta first, and I really like that. Exactly, and it's also sad, because, like, he's never met Vegeta... He doesn't know Vegeta, and he's been instilled this hatred that his father has carried for years, you know? Um, Not to mention, he's being gaslit by Frieza and still thinking that a meteor was the thing that destroyed Plant Vegeta anyway. Yeah, I I kept waiting for Vegeta to tell him, like, did Frieza ever tell you that he destroyed Vegeta himself? It never happened, uh, which I found odd, but maybe they were just... At that, before he could, Broly just went apeshit, like, okay, fuck it. So... I'm not going to break down the fight, but it starts off with Vegeta and Broly. And pretty much the whole eye concept of Broly is two things. Number one, he is basically the... And I actually thought this was incredible. He's basically the great ape in human form. Which... Yep. Which, like... This is the closest that you'll get to the Incredible Hulk in Dragon Ball. Uh, sorry, for me, you guys won't hear that, but the Discord freaked out on you. What did you say, Tyler, so I can respond? Um, basically, this is the closest you'll get to the Incredible Hulk in Dragon Ball. Yeah. So, he's... And so, like... And, and they make a, I didn't mention this earlier, but earlier, um, Paragus made a comment that, like, he must have turned into the Great Ape at some point, and, you know, and that's why he got up his tail. But basically, yeah, and I actually thought, like, okay, he, so he's not... Necessarily the legendary, he might be the legendary Super Saiyan, but Broly is basically that. That's why he's like so ruthless and angry, but still fat. Like he, but like yeah. The other thing about Broly that makes him special is that he seemingly can adapt to anybody fighting him, and he takes on base Vegeta, Super Saiyan Vegeta, uh, and then eventually I I don't remember I don't I don't even think Vegeta ever went God, but Vegeta goes God form and. Yeah, in animation, this is the first time Vegeta goes Super Saiyan God. Uh, He's done it before in the manga, but not in the anime, which is really interesting to see in this film. Yeah, and every single time you think, okay, Vegeta's got it. Because this doesn't have that level of... They don't play up the, oh my god, Broly's strong aspect. They let that happen over the course of the fight, so you let it... It's that false sense of hope. Like, oh, they got this. 
he's got it right. He, oh no. Um, once in in like once once he takes care of uh, Vegeta in Super Saiyan God form, I went, oh no, they're in trouble. <laughs> there, and I'm telling you that, and that's this is just a kicker off fight. That was beautiful to watch. Um, how it's a lot like a lot of the fighting. And this goes for everything. It's a lot of close punches, counters. There's beam attacks for sure, but it's very personal, and it, I, I I love that so much about it. Yeah, these are some of the more visceral, in-your-face fights that we'll get in Dragon Ball. And the animation does a really good job of expressing the over-exaggerated qualities of the characters and making it seem fluid at the same time. It's great. It's it's fantastic. And I'll describe the, all the entire fight, all the fight scenes, as a literal roller coaster. And there's even a point where, this is one of the moments I remember, is you're watching, I think he's fighting Goku at this point. You're watching uh, the fight from Broly's perspective, and you're like a, a first-person perspective, and you're seeing basically punch uh, him punch Goku through like mountains. But like the way it's animated, the way the glaciers like this, I think I, was, I know it's using CGI for like some of the bigger stuff. The way it blends the CGI with the animation is great. Yeah, it does a better job of uh, blending CG and traditional animation than Resurrection F did. Oh, for sure. Um, it really gives that like big impact feel, like when they're when they're landing blows and shit, um, uh, and it get like so. I was already enamored, and then Goku goes Super Saiyan God, and then when Broly, dude, I'm not gonna tonight. I'm gonna just hear Sean Shen will scream in my head all night long. Like that's yeah. horrifying the way he was screaming like that. He gave him the puny god treatment. Pretty much. Which was astounding. And, um... It was brutal! It was so fucking brutal! Like, I can't explain it any other way without, like, going into Blood for Blood, and you can't do that with this movie. Um... There's a really great moment in this segment of the fight where Goku gets Broly in a telekinesis state, and he's like... Yo, I fought some pretty bad people in my time, but you don't seem like one of those type of dudes. Yeah. Which kind of goes into the whole Goku brings out the good in people. Yeah. Goku, it, it brings his story, the fact that, you know, his mother, that's how his mom was, and then Broly's story that he was reluctantly put into this life, and Broly stops. There's a moment where Broly, like, chills the fuck out for a second until, like, he does and he goes back into it. And then he fucking just mimics... The, the, the telekinesis attacking does it to Goku, which is, I'm like, I just lost my shit there. Um, <laughs> um, and it just goes, it goes crazy. Uh, which then leads to Goku going to Super Saiyan Blue. Now, see, the way I, and it makes me hate Resurrection F even more, how casually they just go Super Saiyan God Blue, whatever, Super Saiyan Blue. Uh, at this point, uh, I'm kind of uh, fine with it. Um, Resurrection F, it definitely comes out of nowhere, but uh, throughout Super's tenure, um, they develop Super Saiyan Blue as a transformation even more, even combining it with the Kaioken for some points. I kept expecting um, Ultra Instinct to happen, but it never happens in this movie. No, he loses it at the end of Tournament of Power. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so... So, um, even Super Saiyan Blue is not enough to to battle against. Um, it holds Broly. him off for a little bit at the very least, but then Frieza pulls the whole "I'm gonna turn this bitch into a Super Saiyan" card, and that's where shit goes off the rails yeah. very quickly. <laughs> Broly, your dad just got killed. You know, ah, and oh my god, and dude. Uh, Vic Banana is a piece of shit, but the yelling, the he was doing here, I'm not gonna get that out of my head anytime soon. Um. Yeah, it is permanently ingrained in my brain. Like, just, cause it's not like Death Scream. Who was, who was Broly the first time around? It wasn't him, was it? No, it was him up until, um, this movie. Okay. Um, oh, he was always Nowadays, it's Johnny Youngbosh. Okay, god, they should redub the movie with Johnny Youngbosh. That's possible, right? Um. <laughs> 
Uh, I know they, sure it's possible. I know they did that for for fighters. I know Young. That's our like Young Bosch's first appearance as Broly. Oh, we'll get to and here. he's gonna be and Broly is going to be in. Uh, ah, spoilers! Heroes, spoilers! So. Spoilers! spoilers. Uh, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's it's in the promotional material. That's true. Uh, so it's bad. It, it's bad, and it takes Vegeta's own initiative to um, basically say, all right, we need to fucking get out of here. And in the greatest fucking, like, I would have popped off in the theater if I saw this live. Fucking, they they fly up to Frieza, and they go, all right, Frieza, he's your problem now, and they instant transition out of there, and Frieza proceeds to get his shit kicked in by Broly. Oh, so good. Broly was not a fan of Resurrection F and wanted his revenge. It was so good. So you have this great parallel of Broly and Frieza fighting and Frieza being, like, again, Christopher Ayers. I actually was much happier with his performance this time around than the last one. Um, it sounded better to me. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Yeah, Frieza did, like, struggling to keep up with Broly, even in his god form, just, like, screaming in pain. And then, meanwhile, you have the comedy aspect of it all, of Broly, of uh, Goku and Vegeta trying to fuse, and you see the fat one again, which was a nice callback. You see the uh, the skinny form, and Piccolo basically acting like a... A dance instructor, like your 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 angle was off. Like, His wh- face when they uh, demonstrate the fusion technique is priceless. Oh, it's so good! This moment is so great. I know some people may not like it, but I like it as a pace breaker. Okay, give me. I need a. I need a minor break from what the fuck I the just. The juxtaposition saw. between them trying to fuse and Frieza getting his shit kicked in for over an hour, by the way, oh my is God. glorious. It's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. Until finally. Of course they do it, and they can't decide on the name. There's a couple of names that they foam around, but eventually they... Gokuja is one of them. Gokuja would have been cool. Um, but they eventually sell on Gogeta, and so Gogeta is officially canon, um, even though he was he was not bad in um, the one we saw. Uh, so not a, not a bad second appearance, Gogeta. Oh, you thought this was a retread of just Broly Legendary Super Saiyan and maybe Bardock to follow Goku? Nope. Nah, this is three remakes in one. Fusion <laughs> Reborn's in here, too. It's pretty great. So, if you thought the fighting was intense and crazy before, I'm going to say this, this one thing to give it away. Broly punches Gogeta through dimensions. Like, yep. literally... There's even a point where Gogeta goes, what the hell? Literally confused. Like, I, like, I would have been, like, cheering or just going... I, I had goosebumps watching that part. Like This fight is incredible. It's, like, one of the coolest things about this battle is that... Um, if you've ever seen the opening for Budokai 3, which is one of the best Dragon Ball games ever made... It, at the very end of the opening, it shows Gogeta and Broly fighting each other. I've wanted to see that in an official material for years. And they deliver that and then some with this fight. And it is spectacular. It's Like, seeing this in the theater is the greatest thing ever. To make a, to make a wrestling analogy, it's like seeing Bret Hart fight Shawn Michaels for the first time. Like, you've been hearing about it for the first time. You've been hearing a lot about it, and the matchup is finally here. Or, rather, Stone Cold and The Rock. Right, rather. You wanted to see these guys lock up for a long time, and they finally do. It more than lives up to the expectations. It's so fantastic. Meanwhile, though, you have a subplot going on where you have uh, Chi-Lai learns about the Dragon Balls. And she pretty much... uh, They cut into into the most, but basically she wants to help Broly. And that she feels she believes Broly has is just wrongly positioned, and that she t- basically takes the Dragon Balls because she believes Broly doesn't have to die. Like he he shouldn't have to die because of of a choice somebody else made. That's wrong. So she gets the Dragon Balls, summons Shenron, and pretty much right as Goku or Gogeta rather is unleashing the biggest Kamehameha of all time, um, pretty much wishes Broly back to Vampa. Um, to basically save him, um, and save his life, and they quickly get out of there. And even Gogeta's like, well, alright. You know? Yeah, uh, Gogeta even knows that, uh, Broly's a good person. Uh, 
in the midst of their battle because he does the Stardust Breaker, the move that destroyed uh, Janemba's evil energy in Fusion Reborn. And that attack only harms people that are inherently evil. And uh, seeing that it does nothing to Broly, he gives a little smirk, and that's character growth right oh, there. so good. It's so good. This one. And then, so Broly pretty much, in a surprise, I didn't see it come. I assume, like, again, this is before, I, I, I guess I didn't think of the new movie coming out, because I know Broly's in those promotional images. But I always assumed Broly would get, you know, knocked into the sun or something, or to go away. Broly gets a happy ending. So, pretty much, uh, Chi-Lai and, and um, Limo break ranks. Limo. Uh, Limo, yeah, break ranks in the Freezer Force. Go to go to Vampa, and they pretty much agree to live with, with Broly. And Broly even offers them the spider leg juice, or, or nectar, or whatever the fuck it is. And, of course, Limo's like, I'm not having that. Nah. uh um, And it's really sweet, because like, they just want to protect him. They just want to help him. You know, obviously they see this guy, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. It's not his fault. And I want to see a sub-series where these three go on adventures. Yes, for sure. I think you, I think, I think you could do it. Um, and Goku shows up. And, of course, they're, like, hostile. Like they're, of course, they're threatened. But Goku pretty much is like, nah, here, here's, some, here's a house, here's some food, fresh supplies... On one condition, though. I heard this planet is repugnant. Oh. I learned what that word means. Oh my god, that was the be- that's another best moment from this movie is uh, <laughs> Frieza having to explain this the dictionary term for repugnant to Goku. Jesus Christ, Goku. Um, <laughs> and it comes back to it, which is which is great. But I love the fact that at the end of it all, even though they tell him, you know. Um, they tell Goku, we still see you as an enemy. He's like, that's fine. Uh, as long as I can divide Broly every now and then, that's okay. Um, or spar with him, rather. And it's like, wow. And in and, and a great moment, like, you can call me Goku, but Broly? You can call me Kakarot. Which is just like, he only lets Vegeta, only Vegeta calls him that. Um, yeah, my theater popped off when he said that. It was glorious. It was... This, like, the hype was real for this movie, like, now having seen it. Like, it was, I know you you were aware of it beforehand, um, but I wish I saw it in the theater, man. Yeah, this is something else to see on the big screen. Like, all the big moments are even bigger if you see it in the theater, it, I'm never like this is the best fight scene fight scenes I've seen in a Dragon Ball movie ever. It's oh yeah, it's 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 crazy and not not just because the animation's great or the art style's great, but because the choreography's great. The the fact that you care about what happens that there's actual stakes to the fight is great. That you know. Oh my God! Uh, Broly rising up out of the out of the crater in basically legendary Super Saiyan status will never not get out of my head. And I like that he's not like the murdering psychopath he was in the first movie. You know, where like yes, he's uncontrollable and unstable because of his power. And you know, like that's an old trope. Like you know, absolute power um, corrupts absolutely, but. I love that at the center of it, Broly's just just a dude just trying to live his life, a life of his own, you know? He's just a mild-mannered uh, caveman that just wants to live his life peacefully, you know? Yeah. And now he has a green girlfriend. <sighs> and, uh, unfortunately, Frieza pretty much cuts his losses. They find out that uh, Chi-Lai and Nemo are on the planet, and they're like, do we go after them? I keep. I want to make an ed- somebody make an edit of like that close up when Frieza considers going after Broly and just inner put like in the background him getting his shit kicked in by Broly is like, nah, we'll let them, we'll leave them alone for now. <laughs> he doesn't want to go. That would be hilarious. He doesn't want to go through that again. Um, and pretty much, <coughs> Frieza sees this as like, 
I'll let them domesticate him, and then I'll come back from like, nah, dog, you are not, you are not getting Broly. Um, uh, <laughs> what did we miss, Tyler? I know I must have missed something. Um, I believe we covered most of the important parts. The only other thing that uh, we haven't really touched on is that even though Beerus isn't really in this movie much, they, he's pretty much just a babysitter to uh, Bola, uh, Vegeta and Bulma's newborn child. And it's kind of a sweet moment at the end where he's just relaxing on the beach with uh, her crawling on his lap. Yeah, it's nice. It's just real nice. Um, <laughs> um... Yeah, man, like, I, Goku had, like, they're all great characters. I thought I would be annoyed, like, man, Frieza again, but Frieza, the, what, his role in this is, um, is really, really great as, like, the, the minor villain who gets his shit kicked in, basically Loki style. Um, uh, I couldn't have asked for a better movie and a better retelling of, a such an iconic character. And it's only fitting that, um... That that a character as favorable as Broly has has this movie attached to him now. Yeah, they definitely did Broly justice. Like, uh, he's definitely one of the more iconic characters in Dragon Ball, as we've stated before. But as a character, he barely stood on uh, his own two legs. But here, they developed him just enough that not only is he as powerful as he was before, but he's also likable. And that's something I did not expect to go into this movie feeling. Exactly. Yeah, I I, well, I felt a sense of relief that he's got he's getting he got that happy ending. I felt bad for him because like of the life he of the life he was forced to lead because of King Vegeta's issues. The thing is, like you know, and obviously maybe he was going to rescue him from Vampa, you know, but he would have still trained. No, that wasn't his plan. He was going to train him on Vampa regardless, so that way. He, yeah, that that was the whole that was the whole stick. Um you know, it really makes him a tragic character. <sighs> and you know, obviously uh, it's just a really <coughs> damn entertaining movie. I was on the edge of my seat for each blow, for each attack. Like that's normally I like you can kind of turn turn your mind off in a Dragon Ball movie or a Dragon Ball fight, you can kind of like look away every now and then. I couldn't I couldn't look away. I had to. I get to keep looking, and I wish I saw this in theaters. Maybe if I, maybe Tyler, let's just run out of theater somewhere like the the Regal, like the Regal off of uh, thirty five. Let's just run it off a theater there. Can we play this? Here's a hundred bucks. Can we play this? Hell yeah! Let's go watch this. Should the probably do that someday. Um, is there anything we anything I missed before we wrap up, buddy? Because. Um, I believe we pretty much covered everything that there is. Okay. Um, it was, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Broly, uh, definitely, you know, listen to our review. I'm pretty sure most people have seen Broly at this point, but I'm really glad that my journey as a jaded Dragon Ball fan has started in, like, 2013 with Super. No, 2015 with, um, uh, you know, with the 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 resurrection f arc in the anime form has now come full circle into like loving dragon ball again and appreciating just how good it can be yeah man going on this journey with you seeing all these movies back to back um was an exhilarating experience i i've been reliving my childhood through this retrospective and i'm so glad that you got to enjoy not only this movie but also a whole bunch of others along with me and i couldn't ask for a better time to do the show you know oh yeah um maybe we'll cover whenever it comes out because it was uh the superhero was supposed to come out this month but there was an incident happening at toy that we don't know when we're gonna get it now um um it's actually coming out in japan in june in june okay so Maybe we'll do an EX cinema shot to uh, to cover that movie when that comes out. I think that's what we're going to have to do if we cover a franchise that has a movie coming out that we want to come after. We'll do like an EX. We'll call that an EX episode. So that way, uh, yeah. Um, nice callback. Uh, okay. Uh, Tyler, I think it's time to let people know what they're going to be watching next, though. 
All right, so. What could be watching? Are we watching? putting it on a vote? Could be, yeah, we're going to put it on a vote. Okay. So, my pick for uh, the next series of films that we're going to be doing is live-action fighting game adaptations. Uh, there's eight movies that I personally handpicked, and uh, most of them are readily available, uh, one of which I have on DVD that isn't available on any streaming services, but I can lend to Ben just in case. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun little retrospective. Mortal Kombat's in there for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to it uh, if, if that happens because some of those I haven't seen in a while. So that's um, that's Tyler's pick. Well, for me, it was one of two classic franchises that I wanted to go back to, and this is going to be both live action and animation. My pick is going to be going through the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise teenage mutant ninja turtles so that means i'm also excited for that we don't lose either way buddy uh okay maybe with the fighting game one well actually no there's some sneakers here in the turtles one too let's be real um yeah uh that means we have teenage mutant turtles 1990 secret of the use turtles 3 uh the uh, michael bay okay there, there it is right there the michael bay 2014 movie the out of the shadow the sequel to that the out, out of shadows but also We'll be covering the 2017 TMNT animated, solo animated movie that came out. And to cap it all off, the last one we'll do, uh, even though tech, actually, no, we won't do it. I don't say this last, but we will, in addition, cover the TMNT 2007 movie. We're also going to be covering Turtles Forever, which is basically the big crossover movie, which I found out that's on Amazon Prime. We can You can rent it. Um, I was worried about finding that one. Uh, and also, we'll be covering. Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that'll be... We'll figure out the order when we get there, but that is um, going to be the list of movies you're going to be competing with, Tyler. That is a solid lineup. Uh, yeah, these both of our picks are winners, no matter uh, who, uh, what we get. Exactly. And uh, I'm exhausted. Tyler's exhausted. Um... Go ahead, my boy, and plug your stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sThatTie. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. I also stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tireshoes1, where I may be doing some Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel uh, matches online. Maybe some other stuff if I feel like it. Uh, ben and I literally just got done battling against Omega Rugal on his stream. And next week, as of this recording, we'll be doing our first to ten in King of Fighters 15. Yeah. And it's going to be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. And you can find me at twitter.com slash Marvelous Iggy. Uh, and, of course, you can catch me live four times a week at twitch.tv slash Iggy2814, where I stream Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Just look forward to that. And, um, of course, go to Chargers.com where you can listen to this episode as well as our flagship show, the Charge Gamescast, Gamescast, and, of course, the wrestling watch-along show that I do with Thomas. Thank you, everybody, for listening, sticking with us for this Dragon Ball series. We had a lot of fun with doing it. We look forward to see what you guys want us to watch next. Either way, we're going to have a good time. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.